Greatest show in the land. You're listening to the one, the only Protonic Reversal. And we thank you for it. Today, today, we have none other than uh, Mr. David Yao on the, uh, on the show. Very excited to talk to him. Of course, uh, front man of the mighty, mighty Jesus Lizard and Scratch Acid, uh, two very favorite bands in my personal pantheon. And uh, also, now vocalist for Flipper. I don't know whether it's an I ad hoc. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, it's, believe me, it's going to be the first thing we talk about with him for sure. Uh, I'm very excited to uh, talk to him. He's a dynamic and awesome individual. 
uh, and it's going to be a good time. So looking forward to that. That's going to be coming up in about 20, 25 minutes, something along those lines. Uh, we welcome all new listeners, of course, to the show. Welcome to the show. This is Protonic Reversal. And we like to play tunes. We like to talk. We like to laugh. We love to talk. Let's be honest. <laughs> we really love to talk. And we, we, we try to get insightful as well, which which is a thing that uh, we, we try to do here. It's, it's a thing. We're very enlightened individuals. Yes. We have very high opinions of ourselves. And we are very <laughs> and humble, too. Yes, we're so humble. It's amazing how humble we are. It's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, for those n- somehow not in the know of uh, who the incredible uh, David Yao is and, and what he does, I figured why don't we, uh, why don't we start with a little musical primer. Primer, it's a, you know, the word is primer, <laughs> and it pisses me off because it should be primer. The English pronunciation, as in like the English, you know, the Tea Party and, and all that. They you mean it, like English people. Their pronunciation should be primer, I think. And ours should be primer, and it's actually the other way around. And that freaking makes it makes me angry. I don't like that at all. It pisses me off, especially for word like people of the world. I'm alone in a room with Conan, angry. Just you know, just there are worse places to be.
Okay, that was Owner's Lament by Scratch Acid. That is the old band of our guest today, Mr. David Yao, also featuring former guest Ray Washam on the oh, drums. Yeah. yeah, if you remember. Oh, I really like him. Yeah, he's a great dude. He's also acting these days. I guess that's a what? <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's Tell acting in some uh, some film, some some some, some film some of some film? kind. Yeah, straight out of Compton. I got a, Yeah, <laughs> he's playing Ice Cube and straight out of Compton. <laughs> Mister Ray Washam, multifaceted individual. Uh, he's a cop or something. Uh, it, it, it seems interesting. Uh, this this movie that he's in. I saw it on there was like crowdfunding for it or something along those lines. Uh, I forget, I, I forget what it's called. Fifty, yeah, it's called Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades of Washam. It's a daring piece, really. Uh, yeah, but that was Ray Washam on the drums there, and of course, singing was none other than David Yao, who is our guest today. Very excited to talk to Mr. David Yao. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Multifaceted individual, star of stage, screen, and your stereo. Oh yeah, visual artist as well. What is what's his visual medium? So drawing. he does these drawings. It's called Get Faced, right? And the thing with that is you can give him a picture and he kind of does his thing with it. And it's like crazy. It's kind of crazy looking. It's sort of like almost surrealistic impressions of what the picture would be. Huh. I Actually, uh, the cover of the first Code Neutron, the Secret Friends record, is uh, me and my friend Clay from high school. Oh. And that's his... If, if you, you've seen that record cover, right? So that's... Have I? I think I have. I would hope so. Where are they? <laughs> all of them. I've been, They're here I've been sending them on in this office all all week, and of course there's oh, none available there's, right there's now. there's a box right there. That's probably... Look at that box. It has stuff in it. So, yeah, they're, they're very surrealistic. They're very colorful. It's it's a whole thing. Oh, yeah, I've uh, seen this before. For those listening live, I will uh, put a link in the chat box for it. And it's, a uh, you know, you can send, like, a picture of you and your beloved pet or you and your friends or whatever, and he'll do this crazy, insane stuff on it, and there'll be, like, weird stuff happening in the background. Someone will see. It kind of... This picture is actually really scary. <laughs> well, yeah, the, oh, the picture of the Secret Friends album cover? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit not, you know. And then... I'm just saying, your friend here, that's you? No, no, I'm the, I'm, I'm the one on the left. There, that's you the, yes so that's no way this is plays this plays out great on the radio too pointing to things <laughs> brenda bets everyone everyone knows <laughs> that what i'm doing everyone knows what you're doing indeed uh, so joining me as always of course is none other than dj real time we established Hi, last week that my name is now two cents okay Oh yeah, we don't, I don't have a drop for that though, so oh. that's that's gonna have to wait. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah, so here we are, protonic reversal. All right, cool. Protonic reversal. So, I just wanted to bring this up, and maybe people can chime in in the chat box once I'm on it. Uh, not currently on it, but in a few <laughs> minutes I'll read your this comments. Is hell, this is a hell of a lead-in. And then I'll respond to them because I'm like that. Nice. Okay. In the in the order received? <clears throat> yes, in the order received. But I just wanted to point out, I don't know if anybody else has had this happen. This last couple of weeks, I feel like everything keeps falling apart. It's like challenge. Do you I mean, mean like that's life, organization wise or do you mean? 
actual literal things falling apart? Both. Like, not organization, but, like, plans and, like, stuff keeps breaking. Well, that's, that's like, the story of my life, so. <laughs> well, yeah, that is the story. That's no joke, man. You guys don't even know. No, like, my friends were visiting. Well, a bunch of, like, our espresso machine broke, and there was water leaking everywhere, and water i found another leak that i fixed immediately but it, we immediately fixed it but you know it's like a little bit uh disconcerting when there's water leaking everywhere and i had plans that fell apart for legitimate reasons and then i had nothing actually broke in my house but i actually painted myself into a corner as it not figuratively no, like I actually painted myself you into a corner. You actually painted yourself into a corner. Okay. While having really bad anxiety, I like... Was that the cause of painting yourself into a corner? No, I mean, I have been wanting to paint my floors white for a long time. My floors were red before, and it's too... It's like red is too much in my room. So I, I live across the street from a paint store and a 24-hour gas station. It's very interesting. Mm. Okay. And so I just went and bought some paint and started painting. And then I ended up in the corner with having really bad anxiety and my phone. And that's like all I had in the corner. I was like, please send food. I'm hungry. <laughs> did, did anybody heed your... My, my roommate came home. please. Um, And looking for me. But I had already given up and walked on the floor at that point. Because it was like an hour after I texted it him. It wasn't like quick dry and paint or anything. No. Right? No. It okay. was... I I had white feet for a while. And <laughs> there were little feet marks in the in the room. Oh, that's I, too bad. It was cute. But I painted over them. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you can say that, you know, most people when they would say, they, oh, I painted myself in their corner, they, you know, they, they mean it in a more figurative sense. But in, in this case, this is something you actually have done. So Yeah. And I did find the humor in that. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's... that's uh, Literally painting myself into a corner. There's, there's not that many people that can say that. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, I know, in, a, you're re- in a rarefied air. Really poor planning. And then my friend is visiting from Florida and was mm-hmm. coming to visit me at my cafe that I work at. And he got into a car accident on the way over in the rental car. A taxi cab hit them. And apparently... Um, it was only body damage. No one was hurt and nothing bad happened. But the ta- taxi get cab driver, of course, was like, we don't need to call the police and drop off. It was a rental car. So they spent the entire day like stressing out, trying to figure out how to make sure it was covered. Mm-hmm. And they figured it out eventually, but it kind of ruined their Saturday. <laughs> and I didn't. End yeah, up- it sounds like a drag. Yeah, I didn't end up hanging out with my friend from Florida until much, much later. But fortunately, I did get to see him. It just seems like things keep like happening and it's really annoying. And it, I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there and see if anybody else has had the same experience and could, you know, comment in the chat box because I like validation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, who amongst us is not? Um, assholes, that's who. <laughs> uh, so I'll tell you what, why don't we play a couple tunes and then we'll uh, we'll talk to David. How about that? Does that sound like a, like a decent plan? I this plan yeah i think it's all right why don't we listen to what i mean oh i got an idea let's listen to quee with david yow and then we'll uh we'll come back afterwards and uh, talk to the man how about that so how this, about them apples this is again i'm giving the illusion of choice there's no actual choice involved it's just what's gonna happen 
Oh, okay. This Good is thing a, I'm passive. This is Quee with Willie the Pimp.
is indeed the way of the world. And that was Flipper. That was Flipper with the way of the world. That's a generic Flipper. Well, that's one of my favorites there. And that is uh, featuring, well, not on the, rec- the recording, but that is featuring our uh, upcoming guest, Mr. David Yao. And looking forward to talking to him. Before that, we had, what do we have? We had Gladiator by the Jesus Lizard. And that is off of the Liar record. That's a great record. Very insistent GM, that Gladiator. And before that, we had Willie the Pimp. And Willie the Pimp is actually a Frank Zappa song, but that is done by the band Quee, which David Yao joined up with and sang vocals on for that record. And it's, it's, a, it's a great record. And he is not playing with them anymore, but they are still an awesome band. And they are... It's it's worth checking out for sure. It's it's a good time. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Speaking of good times, yes, I saw this band called Creepoid uh-huh. on Friday night at the bottom of the hill. They're from Philadelphia, and all of you out there should check them out because they're really awesome and super great live. They have a female bass player, and I love seeing lady musicians out there rocking in the free world. <laughs> they didn't play rock in the free world though. Did no, they, they didn't. Okay. Not that style of music. Okay. They're very much more like hard, grungy, hard. Not punk. candlebox grunge. Not candlebox. Okay. Good. I know that's your go to grunge band. But I just I, I don't like the term. I don't. I'm terrible with genres. We know this. <laughs> it's okay. You're 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 in the right place. It's a... Uh... See, it's very notable that I worked at a record store because I get very like, well, do you mean this or do you mean that? About like quite a few things. And that's just... In... That's also just how you are. <laughs> well, yeah, but some of that comes from working in a record store, just the, the overt classification of stuff. I know. Things, it's really hard because it's like, I know that there are so many words to describe and it's so hard to pick one sometimes. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it can be... You know, if you're sitting there and like, oh, it's it's like rock music and like what, like Hoopa Stank? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like Hoopa Stank. <laughs> Why would you say that? There, there were guitars and they had a drummer. And oh, he, so like Hoopa Stank then? And yeah, he had long hair. No, I don't mean that. And he was rocking out. It, actually, their rhythm section. There, all the musicians were really, really good mm-hmm. in their own way. But the rhythm section, I really enjoyed a lot. The drummer was really good. They had like a um, smoke machine going on. And like the lead guitarist slash singer just threw his guitar down and they did not play an encore. And I hate encores these days because they're so contrived. Yeah, encores are annoying. And they just freaking threw their am- instruments on the stage and walked off. Brian Music off in the chat box saying Creepoid are great. They are great. I'm saying. I'm he's, wearing, he's agreeing with you. I'm rocking. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm wearing a Creepoid t-shirt right there you now. Go. There a you Creepoid go. crop top. <laughs> creepoid crop Creep boy crop top. See that ten times fast. (laughs) I I can't even say it once. You kidding me? Jeez. Uh, So yeah, we'll have uh, David Yao joining us shortly. Let's listen to uh, one more song and then uh, then we'll we'll get right down to it. How about that? This is Cannibal Scratch Acid.
right, that was Life by Flipper. That was a uh, that was a rock block there, and I do believe in, that we are now joined by Mr. David Yao. David, are you there? Yes, I am. I think fantastic, fantastic. We are we are very pleased to be talking to you, and of course, it's a very uh, very timely thing for me to be playing Flipper because there's there have been some recent developments with Flipper lately, haven't there been? Um, as far as I can tell, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I got a call from uh, Stephen, the drummer, sort of out of the blue a month or so ago, and he said that they were they've been asked to do these three shows in Italy in November, and would I sing for them? And I kind of went, "Well, uh, golly, okay." <laughs> that's that's a hell of a call. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean. I really don't have much interest in doing music right now. I don't. I'm focusing on acting and this kind of thing. And, but I don't know how long or how involved this will be. But um, it's kind of hard to say no to, you know, in in a when I was a little punk rocker in Texas in 1980, 81, 82. Uh, uh, Flipper meant an awful lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. I have a sense, but. Yeah, I mean that's that's a hell of a. I mean that's. <laughs> I guess the best way I can put it is it. It seemed both crazy and like, oh yeah, that makes sense from where I'm at, and I can only imagine what it would be like to get the call, because that's you know they're they're such an iconic and and uh, you know fantastic band that it's 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 yeah it's it's very very flattering. It's kind of like wow we uh, you know. Um, Stephen said they had a couple. He had a couple other singers on the, his list, but I was the first one he called, and I said okay. So he didn't call anybody else. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. It's I mean, it's great to be first on the list too. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's fantastic. But yeah, you've been you've been doing more more acting stuff of late, and uh, as well as the fantastic visual imagery of Get Faced, as well. That's been that's been something that you've been up to. Uh, Getfaced.net is the the website and i was trying to explain this earlier and i was i resorted to showing a visual to my co-host brenna bats brenna say hello hello hi how are you i'm okay i'm i'm all right uh, any complaints i have aren't really worth complaining about there you go and I think that the get face stuff is kind of fantastic because it's like the idea is okay, take like a take a picture of some kind, like maybe you with your beloved pet or friend or brother or crazy uncle, and you get this kind of absurdist piece of art out of it that you know, has these like bright colors and kind of kind of looks like it's coming out of like a Jarosky film or something along those lines. And <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I, I think I don't think there's anything like it out there, and it's obviously I like it. Thanks. Yeah. It, well, it's it's fun because depending on the photograph, uh, I th- th- that will sort of dictate oftentimes, you know, how crazy the thing finished thing looks or how colorful it is. Like I've had, you know, um, a, a really nice picture of a young couple who just got married, and it's very uh classy and you know not too extreme or anything like that and so i didn't you know didn't make it crazy or stuff and made it like nice uh subdued colors and i just sort of had them floating in the air and stuff like that you know it's, it's fun to uh uh 
to make all those dumb decisions. There, there is apparently I've seen on the internet now. There's some other bullshit thing where you can send a picture of yourself, and it just automatically does all that stuff. And it's it's similar in, in some respects, but um, it can't it can't make the decisions that I can make as being a, a human instead of an algorithm. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, you can't. Well, the one I said, the view with the um, with the sort of lightning coming behind the hand, it couldn't possibly know to do that or to enlarge the hand or anything like that. You know. Well, and you you should not automate artistic decisions. I don't feel. Yeah, it's impossible. Well, if at least now it is, it probably won't be in about three or four years. <laughs> That's soon enough. We might we might be changing our tune about that, but. No, yeah. but it's it's great because it, I think you it, there's a unique unis to it that uh, that is there's not anything quite like it. Now I think it's fantastic. I was uh, very pleased with the results personally for uh, for mine, which of course was as we mentioned earlier in the show was the album art for the first Secret Friends record, and the cover of which is me and my friend Clay, who's now departed from high school, just being doofy and taking pictures, and it's it's everything I hoped it would be, and it's 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 really nice to to see and it's it's you're a multi-talented dude and that's that's an awesome thing i guess i'm telling you that you're awesome thank you <laughs> and, and you're acting as well so how is what's a that's an interesting transition and again i talked to you on another show sometime back when you were very very new over to it but now you you're a little deeper into the world you know, you've got your your headshots, I'm sure, and uh, you know, like what what's your take coming at it from a world from a guy who like knows from punk rock, and it's coming from that world. What is that world like for people that don't know anything about it? The acting world. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, I don't I don't really know that much about it because I haven't. Uh. uh so far, every. So far, most of the stuff that I've been involved with has been really low-budget, independent kind of stuff. So it's a little bit analogous to sort of the punk rock world I used to live in, um, where it's not as disgusting as it probably gets when you get into, you know, the, the big-budget Hollywood bullshit. Right. Um, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, a really cool experience, a, a learning experience, and and um, uh, I get a real kick out of um, doing a scene and uh, getting it down to where you actually believe it yourself. And uh, especially if you're doing a scene with friends, it's really cool to like do a scene that the director calls cut. And it's like all of a sudden you come back to earth and... Uh, you know, you and your buddy going, oh, my fucking God, that was like, you weren't you, and I wasn't me, and we were here, and it was really cool, and now we are, and this is fucking great. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be like a unique sort of joy that <laughs> you, you're doing it, but also you can enjoy the love of, of that as the, as the art itself. Yeah, and just the fact that it's, um, you know, if you're, do, if you're doing it right, it's kind of on autopilot, and, and you aren't yourself, Um and and that's that's really it's uh, it's an adventure, it's a challenge. Sure. And uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Just recently, there was a nice, there was a really cool um, 
uh, premiere of the uh, Sun, uh, Sundance Next Fest here in Los Angeles, where they showed a movie called Entertainment that was directed by a fellow named uh, Rick Alperson. And um, the movie stars uh, Greg Turkington, who is Neil Hamburger. Oh, sure, and, yeah. Uh, it's a really, really cool movie. It's it's uh, it's kind of it's a depressing comedy, and it's it's just great. And it's getting um, a lot of cool attention. John Riley's in it, and Michael Cera. Oh wow! And I'm in it. And Mike Michael Cera's scene is so fucking weird. He just plays the most unusual character. And then I'm a party host and. Uh, I read a description of the party in the movie saying that it was the weirdest party ever put onto, they said celluloid, which is kind of comical. Um, so that happened, that was good. And then uh, uh, premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival next month is a movie called Southbound, which is uh, um, brought to us by the people who did the VHS series of horror movies. And um, <laughs> nice. It's a, it's an anthology of four. I'm not sure four or either five directors, little small movies that then intertwine together. And I'm the lead character in one of them. And I'm really excited that that's getting to happen at the Toronto Film Festival because that's kind of one of the you know the top five on the planet. So I've got a boner about that. Yeah, that's that's kind of a pretty big deal. That's really awesome. Yeah. And uh, I know you're that. There's that. Uh, is this did it come out yet? That, that movie is in production. That the high and outside is that. Uh, is that out yet? Or high and outside is finally, finally. Uh, they got um, a little chunk of money um, about a month or so ago and finished the last two scenes that had to be shot. So that movie is now completely in post production. They finished shooting everything. It took uh, two and a half years to shoot that movie, and. Um, Sadly, Jeff Lewis, who is uh, one of the, the leads in it, uh, has passed away before the movie was finished. But Jeff was, God, I'm, I'm not even sure how old he was. I think he was, oh, God, I don't know how old he was. He was 81. Or something oh, wow. Like Jesus. Okay, yeah, that's, well. Do you know who I'm talking about? Jeffrey Lewis? Yeah, Jeffrey he's Lewis. He's, he was in, um, he was in a, that guy was in a bunch of stuff. He was in, um. He's, yeah, high French drifter and lots of Clint Eastwood movies. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say lots of like like I remember from the western stuff, but I know he's been he's been a, a that guy in many different movies over yeah, the years. Yeah, he's, he's got a very memorable look. He kind of he's got really cool eyes. He looks kind of like um, he looks like he and Iggy Pop were brothers or something like that. Right. <laughs> no, I didn't realize he was that old, but I guess yeah, it makes sense if he's you know he was in all those movies in the. Like late sixties and seventies and things like along those lines, I guess. I suppose it makes sense to a certain degree. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the release of High Outside because been, that was the only project I've ever been involved with before there was even a script. Because the director wanted me to be in it, and we um we went and started shooting stuff, and he wanted to do it so Cassavetti style. We would just show up on set, and he would explain what he wanted in the scene. And we would just improvise it, but it didn't work. You know, there, there, there wasn't enough understood right. history, you know, between the characters. And so he wrote, he wrote a script, and you know, we did it. And uh, so it was really cool to be involved with that from 
before it actually even existed all the way to now to where it's finally finished. And it's going to be a really great, uh, a great project. The cameraman, uh, a guy named uh, Gabriel Mann, not the Gabriel Mann that's on TV. I think his name, I'm getting his name wrong. But Gabriel, anyway, he's incredible. He's so gifted, so good at what he does. So that movie's going to be cool. Nice. And that's uh, it, yeah, and it seems like you know there's been a you know a good amount of uh, of, of smaller kind of roles for people to sort of get get the feel of you. So that hopefully one day you can become a that guy yourself, or even a, <laughs> a leading man of some sort. That would be fantastic. I would, yeah, I hope so. That. I mean, I'm I'm kind of working hard at it, trying to get as much uh, acting as I can, and uh, taking classes and doing workshops and meeting people and talking and all that kind of crap. So. If you go to my IMDb page, it says now that there, I have 24 credits as an actor. So, you know, that's that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty lot. good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's more than many. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So do you, do you run into people when you're doing the acting stuff that know you from Jesus Lizard or Scratch Acid at all? Has that ever happened? That's happened quite a bit. Uh, with the, I mean, most of, most of the movies that I've been in, have been because the director sought me out. Um, I've only booked, I think, two actual jobs through auditions. Um, I don't know if it's because I suck at auditions or what. But, uh, yeah, that, that has happened. Um, and so now what I'm doing, I had an agent for a little while, but she was so terrible I fired her. She hadn't. In seven months, she got me two auditions, so I fired her. And so now I'm in kind of uh, in-between agents. And uh, I keep hoping that if there are directors out there who are cognizant of the crap that I've done with music and think that I would be good at this, where are all the uh, agents who feel that same way? Right, so that right. I could, you know, I could have them on my side without having to go through the arduous process of impressing them with whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It could be, be a real time saver. Well, and it's got to be interesting that, you know, having kind of spent a lifetime doing the one thing, people tend to tend to think you of you as, you know, this, this is this guy that has this certain set of skills, you know, oh, he's rock and roll guy, he's the, he's the, he's the front man guy, oh, uh, what is he, what else he... Yaks as well? Oh, okay, that's it. But without an advocate to kind of show, like, no, there's a body of work here, there's, you know, this, you got to open the door. You're, it must must be interesting to have that dichotomy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. I hope so. I like it. Well, and so how weird was it with those Jesus Lizard reunion shows, like getting back together with those guys and uh, and playing those tunes? Like, was that, was that odd? Was it just like slipping on a glove? Was it? Well, it was weird because, you know, when we, uh, so many years ago, I think in 1997, when Mac, our real drummer, uh, was kind of forced to quit the band, uh, he requested that we get Jim Kimball to take his place. Right. Great drummer, uh, but different different sort of style, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, Mac is wonderful, and I love his very guts, where uh, Jim is kind of a stupid fucking crazy asshole. And um, so once he joined the band or it became a whatever hired hand. It was just a job. It just became a job. And so then we broke up in 99, and then uh, I didn't talk to Max for like 12 years. And then we started talking about the possibility of doing these, uh, this reenactment tour. 
And uh, it was great, you know, communicating with the four of us regularly. And then we were going to converge in uh, Nashville, where Dwayne lives, to uh, to practice. I told Mac, Mac and I said, you know, on the phone, when we see each other, we're going to cry like babies. But <laughs> instead of crying, we just giggled. And um, it was really, really, really fun. It was way more fun than I could possibly have imagined. I think we did 40 or 45 shows worldwide, and it was... Uh it was a blast. Yeah, I saw one of the ones. I saw the ones in uh, one of the ones in San Francisco, and, and I saw you guys a few times. You know, in the the back when you guys were a band the the first time, both with Mac and with Jim, and I mean, you guys sounded great. Like you were in fine voice. Everyone played awesomely. Like in, in some ways, I actually enjoyed the sets. You know, more than some of the shows that I saw you do way back when. Not that those were bad or anything. It just kind of seemed like there was this. Like maybe like kind of like the BS had sort of <laughs> been let go of in, in in some small way of BS there was. Right. Thanks. Yeah, I, I've heard that uh, from other people that uh, you know the biggest difference was that there are more wrinkles and more gray hair. <laughs> we, yeah, we know all about those those differences. They just come out of nowhere. It happens yeah, to the do. best of us. Yeah. Yeah, you're 28 one day, and the next thing you know, you're 73 like I am. <laughs> well, and and on one of those tours, there was a of the many many times that you've been a lightning rod of jackassery. Uh, you've you sustained an injury. Uh, I believe it was a Chicago that that happened in. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got kind of hurt in Chicago. Yeah, we did. We're doing two nights in Chicago, and the. And the first of the two nights, um, I'm not sure even what it was, if it was a cracked rib or a pinched nerve or what, but uh, it was hard to breathe. And um, uh, we we didn't know if we were going to play the second show or not until uh, we went and did sound check. And I said, okay, I think I can do it, but I'm going to have to sort of sit on a stool the whole time. <laughs> well, and that's got to be crazy because you, it's, you, you're such a physical player that it's it's got to be such a bizarre change up to be like all right well now that you're physically incapacitated but there's more shows to play like that's got to be nuts yeah well it was difficult and it wasn't it was really not much fun that whole day sucked so badly because i was in a lot of pain and they and i'm not good at painkillers they um it, uh, for some reason or another uh, downers and painkillers are my friend which is a drag i'd love to enjoy them but um <laughs> like we went to a really nice dinner I had a filet mignon and all that stuff the moment we walked out of the restaurant I threw up the whole thing and it was just a, just I couldn't keep food down and it was hurting it was just a kind of a miserable experience well and that's gotta be that's gotta be nuts because I mean did you have and I'm trying to remember the details and I'm sorry for not having this information prepared but uh, you had other shows to play afterwards correct like that was no, uh, no. Fortunately, that was um, that was kind of the end of it. The only the only thing I, I think that was uh, I'm not sure. I think that was in November, but I'm not sure. And then we were going to go back to Chicago to play uh, New Year's. So, so fortunately, that one was the last last one for at least um, several weeks. Well, that's something at least, but I mean that—that's 
you know, the body doesn't bounce back like it used to as, as you yeah. go on in here. So it's got to be like a bit, of, a bit jarring. Yeah. Well, all right. So, and then, and unfortunately I missed the, the scratch acid uh, reunion show. Uh, that was, uh, I, I've, I really should have gone to those because scratch acid was a very formative band for me in high school, actually one of the first punk rock bands that I got into. I don't, I, I had some specious dumb reason why I didn't go. I don't really remember why, but that was something that you guys, you did revisit those songs with those guys, which has been even longer. That was like forever ago. I mean, that was like a long time back. And I mean, was that, how, how was that? Was that like revisiting like high school photos? Like what was, <laughs> were you able to find the, the fire behind that easily? What did it, did it, was it surreal? Like, what was that like but since it's been that long? Um, well, it was, it was very similar in a lot of respects to uh, the Jesus reenactment, you know, just um, old guys doing young guy stuff. And uh, uh, doing both of the things with both the bands, I was surprised at how quickly and um, uh, easily everything came back to pretty much everybody in the band. Um uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, we we had, yeah. we actually we had Ray on the show some time back, uh, and it was great talk to him. I mean, he's still one of my favorite drummers of all time. Interesting fella, and it was it was just interesting to hear like you know his experiences, you know, living in L.A. and playing you know playing music out in L.A. versus <laughs> in that sort of like more merchy kind of mindset rather than from the like playing in a band with a bunch of your with your buds and being on a mission together right uh and, and then i think it's like do you guys talk about acting because i know he's he's acting in a film now as well like is that like, yeah i really really hope that ray and i can uh work together sometime we've talked about that how much fun that would be um another buddy of mine um brendan murphy in chicago he was actually the last drummer that Jesus Lizard ever had. Like when we, the last tour we did was um, an eight-week tour of Europe that uh, finished in Umeå, Sweden, in 1998. Okay. Wow. And that and, was and Brendan's an incredible actor on his own, and so I would love to uh, get to work with Brendan and work with Ray. I really hope that happens. Yeah, that's wow. That's that's interesting that all these people that you've you've played with are also acting as well. Like it, it'd be interesting to have like almost like a super group of of actors that are all from, yeah, exactly <laughs> from exactly. that particular corner of punk rock. Well, that's so. And that was the the end of the Jesus Lizard was uh, that was the record Blue, and that was the one that uh, it wasn't. It was the second major label record, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and. As much as you know that there there was a, sort of a jump f- for you guys from the touch and go stuff over to shot, which I actually quite like as a record, it felt like blue as a record. It wasn't what people necessarily wanted to hear um, at the time, but I think there's some really good tunes on there. And what what what, what I, I'm curious as to what the like what was the feeling in the band when you guys were recording that? Like what what was that like? Cuz it it just seemed like the vibe seemed different somehow from the outside if that makes any sense. Well, um Andy Gill produced that and it was really fun to work with Andy and he had a whole bunch of cool ideas. I think that um 
in a lot of respects, uh, blue sounds cooler, I think, than any record we did. Yeah, there's a lot of neat because, sounds on there. There's a lot of like, weird, like kind of crazy, like, yeah, adventurous yeah, yeah, stuff. Very, it's very textural. Like, it's it's great to listen to uh, pretty loud with headphones on. Um, so uh, it was a little bit odd, you know, recording that record. That was the first and only record we did with Jim Kimball on the drums, and that was frustrating. Um, but It was, you know, Andy, it was more of a collaborative thing with the producer than anything we'd ever done in the past. You know, Steve was, Albini was always pretty, um, he was relatively hands-off, you know. He was kind of like, let us do our thing, and he would record it the way he thought was most appropriate. And then when we did Blue, I'm sorry, when we did Shot with Garth Richardson, um, that was relatively produced. Like, he came to town early, uh before we recorded and would come to practice and like it was really funny because he had these ideas how he wanted to go to practice and sort of like change or restructure the songs and uh none of none of none of that worked <laughs> yeah. like like all the ideas that he thought would work he admitted like like well no okay well we won't do that that doesn't work and so we kept all the structures as we had them um but uh, he was fun to work with, and uh, Andy was fun to work with. Um, you know, uh, no re- no regrets as far as that. Well, and Andy, you know, Andy Gill certainly has uh, got an ear for experimentation. You know, it's he's got a pretty good record of it, even when it's been something I've not personally been into. I've always appreciated that he's, you know, it's not been necessarily like, let's do the same thing over and over again. It's definitely like let's try this weird thing and see what this sounds like, which has got to be kind of interesting for a band that you know at that point that was you know how many records had you made at that point like six seven like what was that was a crazy amount of records um, yeah yeah uh, I'm not I'm not sure well and so the and so with the the uh, playing the shows and things along those lines was there ever the temptation to like let's get back in the room together, like record some new material, like make a new record. Was that ever on the books or was this more of just, cause I noticed you use the term reenactment and I always, ref- there's, I have a phrase I call seating certain bands, punk rock reenactments because they're bands that, you know, they got, they got the Liberty spikes. They've got, <laughs> they've got the exploited back patches and it's like, Oh, you guys, that's cute. It's well, like, yeah, I've been to those shows recently. Yeah. It's like civil war <laughs> reenactors, but with, with punk rock. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that you know I live in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, and uh, there's so many hipsters around here. It looks like a it looks like a you know off-duty Civil War reenactment guy. <laughs> they've, they've all got their they've got their long beards and their short cropped Civil War haircuts. It's really funny. I'm off duty. Don't make me bayonet anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go to my car and get my bayonet. Hold on. Yeah. Damn it, I forgot my musket. <laughs> I left my musket at the coffee shop. We have to go back. Exactly. Uh, but, it, I mean, has was there any temptation to, you know, revisit? Well, uh, there Re- wasn't for me. Not for me. I mean, the other we talked about maybe, uh, you know, maybe writing some more stuff. I just don't think I don't I don't I don't even know how we could do that. I mean, David lives in 
Chelsea, New York. Mac lives in Evanston, Chicago. Dwayne lives in Nashville, and I live in Los Angeles. I don't know how we could write songs. I don't know how we could write songs. I mean, and, and I think maybe more importantly, I have no desire to. Ah, see, that's more important. Because I was going to say, there is this thing called the Internet now that yeah, you can... Yeah, that's no good. <laughs> it's you a gotta fad. Be, you got to be in the same room. Well, it, I mean, in the the last thing, of course, is the most important thing there because you know if, if you don't have a desire to do, it, you don't have a desire to do it flat out. Uh, but I mean, I gotta say, like, I mean, I I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the reunion and then you know new material necessarily as a as an ethos. But there are bands that manage to pull it off. Wire, Mission of Burma. You know, and it's it's been good. It's been like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I mean, shoot, Mission of Burma. I think they put out more records than even when they were around the first time. At this point, I, I have no idea if that's true or not. But I I'm just gonna know. assume it is. We'll just assume you're right. <laughs> we'll just assume I'm correct, and we'll go from there. But I mean, yeah, the desire's not there. The desire's not there. So, do you consider yourself sort of <laughs> semi-retired from music then? Well, sort of. I mean. <laughs> You know, I, I just, there's this a thing that just came out on Joyful Noise. You know, I did a solo record a couple of years, a couple of years ago, but I mean, I started recording that in '99, um, and worked on it for I don't know eight or ten years or something, and then just blew it off, and then decided that's sort of a whim to put it out, and uh, just uh, yesterday was announced this split set, uh, split. Uh, Three pitch records with um, dumb numbers, right? Dumb numbers, right? Dumb, yeah, it's uh, dumb numbers and David Lynch, dumb numbers and the Melvins, and dumb numbers and me. But the song that I did on there was recorded in 1999 in my my studio at home, and I just added some vocals to it. And uh, so that you know, occasional projects will happen. You know, this whole thing with Flipper, I have yeah, no that's idea. A- how long that's going to last or if we're just going to do these three shows or if we'll do more or if, I mean, I, 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 no matter what, I have no desire to do it full time. I have no desire to do the music full time. I would sure. like to request a flipper show in San Francisco. Just putting that out there into the ether. I agree. Uh, that, I think that's, a, that's a, probably not a bad idea and might not impossible well and that's sort of like you know if you get called up for like some big role on i don't know name a show like some american idol come on (laughs) (laughs) okay name another show name another show (laughs) the x-files actually you know what take that back yeah Uh, yeah okay well well i made it i made it clear to the flipper boys that um acting comes first and uh if there are scheduling conflicts Right. That uh, I'm sorry. That, that acting is the priority. Fair enough. Well, hey, if the guy from Phantom Planet can do it, then uh... <laughs> What's, is that? That's that's Jason Schwartzman, right? Yeah. Am I? Mis- yeah, Jason Schwartzman, well-known actor. Yeah, and uh, Lee Bing, you know, he's a contemporary of Flippers. Uh, he he did a bunch of acting. I mean, you certainly must remember when Lee Bing was on Who's the Boss. Right. <laughs> I for- you know what I forgot all Ooh, about that. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I think he played a character named Snake. That's, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's fantastic! Somebody Deep knows their cuts. casting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, wasn't I think he was in Fame? Wasn't he in Fame? Yeah. You know what? Gosh, I think you might. 
I think he might be. He was in some kind of uh, yeah, the the Fame TV series, some kind of disco movie like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, wow. Yeah, pulling them all out. All right. Yeah. Deeper cuts. <laughs> well, and okay, so and, yeah, and I mean, I'm personally as just a callback from where we came in. Like, I'm I'm super excited to have you uh, to hear you. You know, Flipper and David Yao. That sounds like a, a match that makes sense. You know, that's it fantastic. Does make sense. And I'm, you know, that's exciting. Like that's, of course, that's an of course moment. Yeah, and no, that's the only way that those sort of uh, mashups should really go, I think, because oftentimes I hear a band has, you know, like a guest singer or whatever, and I'm just, I, I instantly write it off. Yeah, Flipper with Miley Cyrus would be a little weird. Yeah, I, although I would, I might that actually might be kind of yeah, cool I'm though. Like, uh, <laughs> I I might go to that. I'd probably go to that. <laughs> that could be. Cool. Yeah, she she's hot. <laughs> Flipper with Taylor Swift, perhaps. There, she's in. Uh, I'm she's gonna stop on, now. She's on the cover of Paper Magazine this month, and my roommate bought it for bathroom reading for some reason. And she has like really cool tattoos. Reading, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty wacky. I definitely recommend picking it up if you're a fan of what she does. But she's like covered in paint and nude, but covered in paint in like lots of various different like attached weird things around her pubic area that look like dreadlocks, but but they're pink <laughs> and they're not dreadlocks, and they're like huh. they have pony beads on them and. Yeah, she sounds has like, some cool tattoos. Sounds like a whole scenario. It is. You should check out Paper Magazine. It's uh, Paper? Yeah, it's called Paper. Mm. Okay. It'd be funny well, if, it was, nothing, if, if it was online only. It drives me wild like uh, pubic dreads. <laughs> <laughs> pubic dreads playing at Gilman next Friday. <laughs> Fourth band of a fifth by band bill. Yeah, sit down, shut up. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> this is going to be the uh, way out of left field, but I, I wanted I want to know if you c- could definitively state the mouth breather story for our listening audience. I, I've heard it from a few different sources, and I, I want to verify or refute some of the facts or inspiration. Um, well, uh, not too not too terribly long after uh, David Sims and I relocated to. Chicago from Austin, but we were pretty good friends with Steve Albini, and uh, Steve and, and uh, Britt Walford from Slint, I think at the time, I think he was either going to school at Northwestern, or, uh, but he was he was certainly he was living in Evanston or Chicago, and Steve went out of town for a week or two and had Britt um, house sit for him, and then um, one night Britt came home. Uh, pretty pretty wasted, and uh, couldn't find his keys, and so he just broke the front door down. And uh, <laughs> um, being his resilient self, figured the best way to repair it would just be to nail a bunch of two by fours across it, and just you know, so the door is inoperable from the outside or the inside. Um, and he broke he broke the toilet. And uh, Steve, at the time, Steve's house was set up so there was a, a live room in the basement where the drums and guitar would all be recorded, and the control room was up in the attic. And um, the uh, the toilet was sort of raining piss water down into the uh, <laughs> into the basement where the the drums and stuff were. Oh my and so God. In, the, 
And so I think, and I, Steve and I were talking about Brit, and I think that Steve said, um, you know, he's a nice, don't get me wrong, he's a nice guy, but he's a mouth breather. And, um, <laughs> and uh, that's that's how that came about. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, Brit, dear God, that guy's a fucking genius. I mean, there, right, right. there's... It, there's kind of no, other than John Bonham and a few others, there's kind of no better drummer that ever lived. And um, he's, he's, like so many uh, Louisvillians, he's very enigmatic and just kind of not like other people. I could bore you for hours with uh, wonderful Brit stories that uh, I'm so enamored with. Well, and we just had Brett Eugene Ralph on the show a few weeks ago, who's in town, uh, which is great. And, you know, we get to hear a few a few stories from from the Slint family, yeah, but, but I I gotta imagine, you know, and and having seen the Slint documentary now, you know, not having like known that guy, he seems like like a super interesting cat. But I, did he ever did he ever catch on that that's what the song was? Like, did you ever like, hey, wrote a song about you? Oh, Want to hear it? Here it goes. Oh, he, oh yeah, he knows. Okay, <laughs> I mean it's a pretty amazing story, really. Like it's I, I like. The, yeah, and the song took some liberties. There's also, also something I think. um it says something about the cat dying or something like that. That didn't happen. Mm, um, and there was something else that didn't happen either. But, you know, the gist of it was that he kind of fucked up the house. Sure. And that's a hell of a thing to come home to as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just one of those things is enough. But the fact that you have, like, you know, the hey, what what what's up with the door being gone and there being a bunch of... I, I just... I, I just love the the whatever turns his thought process takes to get to a final destination. Like, right. for instance, I don't know, you know, he talks really slowly like many little villains, and there was a while, there was a time one time in Chicago, I think it was the last time I took it off LSD, uh, Britt and I tripped at, at my house, and um, the next day we were kind of... Uh, assessing the night before and he was sitting we were sitting there on the couch and at one point he goes oh man all I know is like I um like I couldn't you know like talk slow enough <laughs> fantastic That's pretty funny yeah shit like that all the time every day man my roommate's from louisville and so he's the way he says things sometimes it's like he doesn't he's not even trying to be so hilarious but his choice of words and i know that he knows he is because i've once he finally shaved his beard, I could see his sarcastic smile, and I was like, oh, you know that you're saying these things, but the way that you say it is so unassuming that it seems like an accident. And I don't know if that's like a common thing or if that's a personality trait, but I feel like people from Louisville must be, it's like, I don't know, they're just special. special. They are special. I believe that. I believe that for so, uh, many years. I think uh, Louisvillians are... Uh, not like the rest of the class. I'm going to be in Louisville in two weeks, actually, for the PRF barbecue out there. 
Wow, so well, you get to... Maybe you, can have, maybe you can have a little bit of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that will be happening, especially since I think Lindsay said she's going to not be drinking. So, <laughs> uh, Awesome. So... Uh, Oh God! There's so much I want to talk about, uh, and, and it's been it's been great having you on, David. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, we had some we had some problems in the in the beginning. Uh, really appreciate your your diligence and patience for speaking with us. This is great. No problem. I'm, I'm glad to do it. I, I I did think that when we were talking about doing Skype that it was going to be a video thing, and I had planned on wearing sort of a disguise. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, Right now, if you saw me, you wouldn't recognize me because I'm wearing a disguise. You were acting. Oh my gosh, you're wearing a disguise. Can you describe the disguise? Yeah, I've got. Were you, are you guys fans at all of that uh, Stanley Kubrick's last movie, The um, Eyes Wide Shut? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the scene when uh, uh, Tom Cruise's character goes to the, the the party, and there's all those people in Venetian masks. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he he says that word. Mask like the one half is black and the other half is white, and it looks like the uh, a triangle in front of your nose and mouth. Oh sure, yeah. I've got one of those, and I'm wearing that with a a, a baseball hat that says "yow" on it. Oh, nice! Wow, now, that's that. Now I really wish we had videos that we could see. Maybe we can get. Maybe yeah. you can take a picture for us, and we can have that be your leader card for the episode. Yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm wearing a, an apron that I got from Italy that has a, a life size sort of kind of thing of Michelangelo's uh, David. Oh, fantastic! Wow, that's yeah. that's yeah. pretty great. Wow, I'm sorry that we don't have video on the on the audio stream for that, but yeah, I would I would love a picture. That would. We can if we can make that happen somehow. Uh, it's possible. So, uh, gosh, yeah. So, I, 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 and I wanted to speak at least a little bit about Quee you know, and and your time playing in Quee because I was lucky enough to know them as an excellent band from before you played with them, and then you know when you were playing with them, and then you know afterwards as well. How did you end up playing with those guys uh, for Love's Miracle? And I, I think I know some of the story, but I want to. I want to ask you and get and get your take on it and make sure my facts. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how accurate my account is, but I think it's. Um, I've become friends, uh, sort of friends, with uh, Matt and Paul from Queenie, and they've been a band out here for six years, I believe. Yeah. After having relocated from Minneapolis, and um, they asked me. They wanted me to cover. They wanted me to sing on a cover that they were doing or a song. I think maybe they wanted me to sing on a Quee song they already had. And so I did that, and then, you know, we were practicing, and we did another song, and then we were going to do a show, and they said, well, you, is there anything else you want to do? And we talked about doing a Jesus Lord song. And so um, it just kind of uh, grew on its own. I just sort of grew into the band, and finally, uh, you know, we'd practiced enough times and done a couple shows to where I said, well, God, you know, am, am I in the group? And <laughs> right. Then, yeah, and um, yeah, and then you know, then we started writing songs together and uh, touring and making records. It's almost like a common law marriage or something. It just at some point you're just. <laughs> it sort of kind of was, yeah. Um, group joining through osmosis, kind of thing. Awesome, and then yeah, like I, I think, uh, and, and earlier in the show we played the uh, Willie the Pimp, the Frank Zappa cover. 
Ah, yeah, okay. Which is uh, great, and I'm I'm gonna go to go, <laughs> I'm gonna go say I'm a casual Frank Zappa fan. There's a lot of stuff I I like, and there's a lot of stuff I find incredibly annoying as well. Oh, for sure. But that's one of the good ones for sure. Like the racist yeah. grandmother says, that's one of the good ones. <laughs> what? <laughs> <That's>, wow. <laughs> Um. Okay. Cool. So, and then there, uh, and of course, queer soul round and play now, which is fantastic. And uh, have there been any? Like, is that is that just a closed chapter? Or are you gonna hang out with those guys? Oh no, music? no, I haven't. No, I've um, played in Chicago uh, a few months ago, and I just sort of coincidentally was gonna be in Chicago that night. So uh, <laughs> uh, there's a song called Apartment that's uh, particularly great. And it's, um, yeah. One that Paul, the drummer, wrote about uh, his apartment uh, withstanding a pretty horrible rainstorm. And uh, whenever, when I was in the band, I had nothing to do with that song. So I was a smoker in those days, and I would just stand out to the side and smoke a cigarette and watch them play that song or whatever I would do. And so when they played in Chicago a few months ago... I joined them on stage, and I just put up a chair at the back of the stage and sat there and read the Illinois Entertainer while they played that song. <laughs> and um, so that that kind of thing happens every now and then with them. Uh, we I just talked. Paul was over here yesterday. Um, I, I think we'll probably buck around with the occasional stuff um, on September fifth here in Los Angeles at a club called El Cid. Um, my dear friends, uh, Danielle DiPicciotto, who is married to Alex Hacke from Ein they're doing a show, uh, and Kui and Adam Harding, who does Dumb Numbers, are playing, and I'm going to read some uh, monologues that I wrote. So oh, that's wow. sort Thanks. of a... We, we talked about... Um, I, I, might, I might get up and do something with Kui. We'll see. Well, and, and that actually just reminded me, what was up with the Chrome thing? I, I kind of saw that randomly over the internet, and I was like, what, David's singing with Chrome? That's fantastic, because you guys did that, that Chrome medley on in the Jesus Lizard, which is great. And Right. Well, I, I don't really know Helios Creed well. I mean, I've met him years and years ago, but we never kept in contact, and I, I don't, I mean, we're, we're acquaintances. But I am friends with uh, Tommy, who plays keyboards in Chrome now. And uh, I was recently at his wedding, and he said that you know, Chrome was going to be playing this this show in L.A., and would I like to get up and do uh, TV as eyes? And I said, I, I would be honored. And so I did that, and it was cool. And that's actually, I think that was the impetus for Stephen DePache from Flipper to, uh, to call me up. He oh, was wow. at that show. Yeah, he was at that show, and I think two days later he called me up and said, "Hey, you want to be the singer for Flipper?" Gosh, and that's just like the uh, the question in Ghostbusters: if somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, no, that that's amazing, and and it's uh, it's I don't know, it's it's hard to explain. It's it's really cool to see, and it's I don't know, it, it's it's nice. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's nice. That's a nice thing. Oh yeah, Conan's being nice. <laughs> it happens. It's rare, but it happens. Oh, uh, you're a nice feller. Can you tell us about what uh, the that Ventura record that you did some stuff on? How did that come about? Um, 
You know, it's funny. This sort of, I don't know, my arbitrary selectivity because throughout the years there have been a handful of bands who have asked me to, you know, sing on their record or do a song or whatever. Sure. And more often than not, I'll say thanks a lot, but I'm not interested. And I don't remember why I chose to do the thing with Ventura. Maybe it was because they were in a really nice ha- place in Switzerland. I was going to say they're a Swiss and, band, uh, I think, right? Yeah, Switzerland? Yeah, they're a Swiss band. They live right there on the Lake Geneva. And um, they offered to fly me there and put me up for a while. And uh, that particular song, I, I, um, uh, it's raining on one of my islands, I think is what it's called. Right. Um I'm really proud of that. I think I think that song kind of kicks ass. Um, and it was really fun uh, hanging out and playing with those guys. We did a, we hung out in town a bunch, and we did a small tour of Switzerland and France and a couple other countries. And um, that was that was great. They're, they're swell guys. Yeah, you can do a lot worse than be hanging out in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, and sounds I, okay. I did I did a song on a. Um, a record by a band called uh, Geronimo, and they kick ass. And that song is um, also pretty good. It's called uh, Face Peeler. Um, you know, like that. I recently did a song on a, a record by a band called uh, The uh, Fat Dukes of Fuck, who are from... Ah. Uh, did you know those guys? Yeah, Toshi just recorded them. And I was, uh, I'm breaching the uh, the inevitable conflict of talking about other things that I do. But yeah, I, when I was just down there recording, he was he was talking very highly of those guys. He said they were very entertaining. They were very awesome. Yeah, I met a couple of them. They were awfully nice. Um, I did a play here in Los Angeles recently, and Brent uh, uh, Lynch and his wife from the band they uh, they came all the way from Vegas to see this. Oh wow this play and that's cool. And then I leave, uh, speaking of the play, I leave, um, next Tuesday to go to New York where we're doing the play in New York. Oh, fantastic. Wow. What's, what's the play? That's awesome. It's called, uh, below and it takes place in a basement and it's a short play. It's 15 minutes long. It was written by uh, this incredible woman named, uh, Blair Baron Larson. Uh, she wrote it, directed it, and is also in it. And uh, it's just, um, it's a wacky look. I like, I play a um, sort of intellectual conspiracy theorist homosexual in Brooklyn who brings home a uh, a gay interior designer to help him renovate his basement. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's a meaty character. Jesus. <laughs> A lot going on there. Yeah, so and uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's it's really well written. It's kind of it's kind of brainy humor. Uh, it's not laugh out loud slapstick, but it's pretty funny. And um, it's been it's been a blast to do it. As a matter of fact, the Blair who wrote it and is in it and directed it does a lot of work with kids. She does a lot of uh, uh, Shakespeare with children and stuff like that. And she kind of got these kids together, these high school kids who are into filmmaking and taking filmmaking classes in high school, to uh, make a movie of our play. So we did. We had done it for three weeks, and then we got together with a 15-year-old director, a 15-year-old 
uh, sound man and a 15-year-old uh, script supervisor. And for two days, we went into a basement and made a movie of this play. Oh, fantastic. Being, <laughs> being directed by a 15-year-old crew. And it was such a blast. It was so fun to have a full understanding. I mean, you know, we know the movie, the play inside out. You know, we can we know our lines completely. Right. And then, but it's but it's theatrical, and you know, you're projecting. You have to act like this, and it's not the way you would really do on film. And then, and then to take it down to sort of you know film realism was really fun, and particularly the fact that it was being done by this. 15-year-old kid who had very specific ideas in his head of the way he thought it should be. Huh. And it was um, an acting luxury to get to do a play, then shoot it as a movie, then go back to uh, three more weeks of the play, and now go to New York with it. It's kind of, um, it's got its, it's got its own legs. Yeah, I, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine about something along those lines, and I was trying to like you know find some common ground to it, and I, and I came up with the the analogy that he agreed with that for the most part was that was you know doing a play is sort of like touring because you're 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 doing the same sort of stuff you're doing it every night and you can kind of every show can kind of take on its own identity and performance whereas doing a movie is more like making a record because there's just the you know you're putting it down it's not exactly the same as like playing to the cheap seats necessarily and uh yeah sort of kind of I mean yeah I mean definitely like the whole that analogy, like playing a live show, where the uh, reception or the the interaction with the audience, um, or or the or the way you react to the audience, is a uh, is pretty important, and it can it can uh, you know it can determine uh, how the show goes. Absolutely, yeah, and the same thing is true of uh, the theater, the theater. <laughs> yeah, as well. I mean, it you could you could have two wildly different performances based upon exactly. Yeah, and that's exciting. That's that's cool. That yeah. is cool. Yeah, and that's all right. So anyone that's uh, going to be in New York should be checking that out. That's that. I would if I was not on the other coast, I'd totally check that out. What's called the yeah. noun? What's it called? It's called the below. The below. The below. Okay. okay. The, the below. B e l o w, and it's it's part of the um, New York New Works Festival. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head uh, where it's playing. <laughs> You'd think I know that, but uh, well, I have <laughs> no. Past. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll try to track down that information. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, wait. I'm I can tell you. It's, uh, okay. It's um. It's at the Electra Theater at the Times Square Art Center on um, Friday, August 28th. There you go, August 28th, uh, The Blow. Go and, uh, go and go and see some, some live theater with David Yao. If you live in yeah. Uh, last thing that I wanted to ask you, uh, you, there was a really cool benefit that you played with Brickbat. Uh, for the um, for the drummer, oh, the yeah, for uh, the drummer for Hank Four, who he had a terrible accident, and uh, Scott Jones, which I'm talking about now from the yeah. band Hank Four, and it uh, it was really cool. It was kind of an 
<laughs> it was an interesting show because Hank Four played, but I, I think I think I've seen Hank Four play in multiple incarnations. You know, one my favorite, which was a five piece, and if I remember, I think they played as like a two piece or like a three piece. No, there was there were three piece. It was this guitar, drums, and vocals with uh, the the singer who's oh I can't remember the fellow's name. I love that guy though. He's great, great band, but. You played this show with Brickbat, but it was Mac playing drums. Right. Because Scott was the, the, the drummer for the band Brickbat, which you knew from <laughs> touring, I, th- I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, uh, from Wilmington, North Carolina, and we'd, uh, we did a couple uh, nationwide tours with those guys. And it kind of... Had that been the first time that you guys have been on stage in Jesus Lizard? Or had you been in touch and hanging out and playing music at, at all before then. Wait, say that again. Was that the first time that you had played with Mac since the Jesus lizard for that show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that was a hell of a show. It was a, it was pretty interesting. There was a, you know, there were, there were some, there's some good tunes. There was a raffle prizes. Yeah. I think think we did it. Song or two, and we did a Brick Bat song or two, and we did a Led Zeppelin song or two. Yeah, I think we did um, how many more times? And I think we did the Immigrant song. When I remember specifically, because when people wanted an encore, you suggested playing Moby Dick, which of course has no vocals, which I thought was yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I laughed. I thought that was that thought that was a good move. Uh, well, yeah. Make it easy on myself. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, ultimately, you know, you, you have you played with Flipper already? Have you already started singing these songs with him in practice? No, I have not. I haven't even met Bruno or Ted. Um, I've met a couple times with Stephen, and we talked about this stuff. Where right now we're sort of working out a practice schedule. I'll probably go up to San Francisco soon, and uh, I think we've got. I think. We're working on a set list. I think we've got about twelve songs on the list. Awesome! And those—that's that's my homework. To, you know, try to remember the lines. I—I I, I think I've got the words for "sex bomb" down. It goes kind of like <laughs> "sex bomb, maybe yeah." Yeah, that's pretty good. That's that's, that's yeah. complex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, does happen to be like one of my favorite songs in rock and roll too. So there's something to be said for simplicity. You know, I gotta say, you know, we were talking about how it is to sing, to be asked to sing for Flipper. When um, when the Brainwash Sentinels came out, whenever it went, was that eighty one? Uh, yes, I know. I was, I was alive when that came out. Um, and I was so impressed by that. I was so fucking impressed by that. I remember telling all my friends that that was the most significant recording since Abbey Road. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, and yeah, it was December tenth, nineteen eighty one, by the way. But yeah, it's that's. <laughs> I mean, they pioneered a certain thing that embodied the spirit of punk in a way that many of the bands at, at the time that were also around were doing something totally different. But it was just was, you know, as much as bands that were like ripping out the Ramones were like cool and all, like Flipper, like were from Jupiter. <laughs> like it just was this, right. Yeah. It was a really exciting time because with them and the Butthole Surfers, it was just this sort of art punk that was so cool. Yeah. Now, like I said earlier, it's cool, man. I, I want, I want to see that. I want to see that show. I want, I want to see you play those songs. 
I'll be there. Oakley, Oakley. <laughs> David, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fantastic. You bet, Connor. When will this air? Uh, with, well, right now it's airing live, but uh, well, the podcast will be up. Uh, I'll try to get that up tomorrow. Usually we get them up on the Monday, but there's going to be a good demand for this oh. one. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. All right. Well, thanks a ton. And what's the, uh, what, I'm sorry, Miss, I forgot. I didn't get your name. Brenna. That's my name. Rebetta? Brenna. B to the R to the E to the N to the N to the A. Brenna. Oh, okay, hi. Hi. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry well, I was so quiet. I get kind of shy with people sometimes. Oh, I'm sorry I talk so much. Oh no, we like it. That's that's why we we that's why we like you. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks thanks so much, David. Thank you. You bet. Um, I'll talk to you. I'll see you probably I guess the next time I see you will probably be some sort of stateside flipper show. Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely. I'll be please, there, man. Yes, please, yes. Make it happen. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you guys enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, Thursday. Thank you. We will. Thanks, David. Okay. Okay. Nighty night. There he goes, Mr. David Gow. What a nice man. What a nice dude. What a what an awesome guy. You know, it's funny because I get the same a similar vibe from him that I did from um, Mr. Washam. Yeah, totally. No, and they're just both kind of like quietly badass and yeah, like unassuming, overly humble, almost deprecating, but not really. It's like a more like a comfortable in your own skin kind of thing. Totally, and that's uh, you know, hey, I mean, I guess that's a good place to be. Yeah, right? <laughs> I strive for that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. As long as I'm not painted into a corner, I'm, I'm usually literally yeah. painted into a corner. Literally, painted or figuratively, into a I suppose as, Please as well. Please send burrito. Ah, <laughs> oh. well, there you go. That is uh, that's the show. Man, that's it. Really? Thank, thanks, thanks so much for listening. No, we, we, we wow touched on a lot of stuff. We we had a good time. Times but, uh, fly. Yeah, find out all things David Yao. Uh, getface.net to get faced yourself. Getface.net is it nothing but net. Nothing but net. DavidYao.org for uh, for acting, photos, headshots, things along those lines. I think he's got a, an art site as well. It's DavidYao.net. He's all over the internet. Get at him. Get it. He's, he's on the internet. He's, he's an approachable, awesome dude. Get at him. Uh, this name of this show is Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Check that, you later. That was, that was awesome. RadioNeutron.com for the archive and the podcasts. This show happens Radio Nope every Thursday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific. 8 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern. Didn't even talk about Little Bub. Damn. Oh, well. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, the, 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 the Facebook page. We're on iTunes. Recommend it to a friend if you like this show. There's lots more episodes just like this. This is episode 64. Wow. 64. Next week is Motherfucker, the band. Excited for that. 
And uh, coming up next is the premiere of Giuseppe's Takedown Notice. I've got. If you're listening live, notice. if you're listening on the podcast, it's whatever the hell is coming up next on your device. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, thanks for listening. Enjoy the home game, etc. Can you hear me now? Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it.
really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Established last week that my name is now Two Cents, okay?